32 counties, 32 questions. My name is Andrea and this is United Ireland. Una is, like many people in the country this week, enjoying the green, green grass of home. Switching off from the internet, something that I think we would encourage you all to try. The internet is getting very spicy. Um, and she's enjoying some in-real-life experiences down south. So we look forward to her return next week. But in the meantime, as you know, we usually take a county dive into an issue relevant to that county and then see where in the world it brings us. But in these extraordinary times, we're responding to issues emerging from life within a global pandemic. This week, life itself is emerging from a pandemic, albeit very carefully. Drag life at least. We are talking to Dublin drag diva Davina Devine, who made one of the first steps out of lockdown from an entertainment point of view on Thursday night with her Dine with Davina event. And we are finding out that this is the future for nights out, at least for the foreseeable. But before that, have you signed up to our Patreon? If you have, muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate it. Um, obviously, like I always feel like an absolute sap doing the spiel um, because you know we need to pay producers. You know that there's work that goes into creating this content, researching all the different subjects we do. Um, and yeah, it is great to have your support if you can. Um, obviously, we understand if you can't, but if you can, do pop over to patreon.com forward slash United Ireland and sign up. Uh, you do get rewards. Um, we are going to look to change the rewards up a little bit um, very soon. And we also do have a bonus episode specifically for our Patreons called The Sunday Soothe, which comes out on a Sunday, weirdly enough, um, where we take some Instagram phrases that have been pillared across the internet and have kind of lost their meaning. Um, and then we kind of delve into them and find a bit of meaning in there. And it's just a feel good vibe. We have a little soothing tune at the end, just something to, you know, I know uh, on a Sunday night you can have a bit of the fear and you're thinking about going back to work maybe or whatever Monday may bring. And I know that I go looking for something to listen to that is light and breezy and positive and has no news and no negative vibes. And that is what the Sunday Soothe is. So sign up for Patreon to get access to that and to support us and be said. This is the point where Una would usually ask me how I'm feeling. I am feeling very buoyant. Uh, I was out the other night at a drag show, which just fills me with so much joy. Um, I have, yeah, started planning my birthday. Life is good. So I hope your life is coming together if it fell apart during the pandemic. Um, and yeah, I am really availing of the government supports that are there in terms of business um, and getting things back on track. So hopefully things are getting back on track for you. We're going to now have a state of the nation. So the news this week has really, for me, circled around Saoirse McHugh leaving the Green Party. 
Um, and also there's been, a, which I don't think followed, but there was a, an, a string of people, uh, the chair of the Queer Greens, Rob O'Sullivan, and many more came out um, to leave in advance of the results of the leadership ballot being announced so that it wouldn't seem that it was being done because of who won or didn't win. Um, and I think the reaction to that happening um, is really interesting because it will come as a, no surprise to a lot of people that Saoirse did leave and uh, she was talking a lot about how she couldn't stand behind the programme for government and how it was difficult to see her party going in to support a Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael coalition. Um, but the online rhetoric about it was really quite upsetting and I suppose not surprising and I did I tweeted this week that I was really blessed that I didn't see any disparaging comments about Saoirse on my timeline um which just goes to show that you can curate your own social media um, and obviously you don't live in a bubble um, and ha- you do want to see other opinions but I did look into some of the other opinions and it really did seem to be based in almost uh I don't want to put everything down to misogyny, but there, it is a real pity when somebody, a woman as vocal about her opinions is shot down so often and billed as this crazy one for having this mad idea that we should all be able to live in a house and uh, not have to scrimp and save to get by um, and that maybe we should try and save the world that we live in. Wow, wild opinions. But um, yeah. Best of luck to Saoirse. She is a solid, 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 solid woman uh, with uh, a good friend of the podcast. And we wish her all the best. Sorry to see her leave politics, but um, I totally understand it. And I something else that kind of came out of that, not came out of that, but like I was just thinking you couldn't pay me all the money in the world uh, to go into politics. Is that selfish? I don't know. But then we had a moment this week where a moment like a hullabaloo um, and rightly so where pay rises were voted on to give 16K for the super junior ministers. Um, and it was voted um, just by Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens. And when you saw that vote coming through, you really understood why the likes of Saoirse McHugh would leave the Green Party to see your party vote on giving a rise to these uh, ministers for attending cabinet um, when we were faced with so many issues of not to pay the Debenham staff, not to pay maternity pay, um, but a rise for ministers at this time just feels um, violent. And I am not against uh, people getting a pay rise. Like I think that is, uh, something that we should all be fighting for and getting paid for work you've done. But I think um, it's if it's in super bad taste and uh, there was a stream of reactions, obviously negatively, um, from across the board and like all the um, opposition parties obviously voted no. So it was, um, yeah, the whip in action there. Um, and it kind of, I suppose, valid. I don't think it validates Saoirse's reason that she doesn't need validation she already has it but I think uh, it just is the perfect illustration of how it would be very hard to support the Greens supporting um, a Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael uh, coalition and the Green Party again had their 
leadership ballot and the results came out. It was very close um, for Eamon Ryan um, against Catherine Martin. Uh, Catherine Martin has obviously come out, not obviously, has come out and said that she will continue to uh, be part of the Green Party and support Eamon Ryan. And I just wonder where this is all going to go. It just, as many predicted, has been such a shit show. Um, and you would wonder now with the young vote fleeing the Green Party, um, who's going to be left? Um, and if people are all leaving, we're left with the same systems in place that will never change, um, which is upsetting. But you have to wonder who is who is able to do to go to do to put up with that shit. Um, some good news, Catherine Connolly was elect, elected the last Kian Carla. Um, for it, the way the vote worked, um, seems it was a private vote um, that some of the government didn't vote for their own candidate of Fergus O'Dowd. So um, we are have our first last Kian Carla, um, which is great news. So fair play to Catherine Connolly and congratulations. Um, now congratulations to the chief whip, Jack Chambers. Um, he put a plan forward, um, which was described by the opposition as crazy, outrageous and an abuse of the new coalition's majority in the Dáil. Um, and that plan was to exclude the 19 opposition TDs from Iraq's committees um, in the Dáil. Now, obviously, that is not... We've been talking a lot about the democratic rights and electoral policy this week. Um, But that in itself doesn't seem very uh, democracy-led. Thankfully, it's been overturned. So, uh, But again, we do have to watch if shit like this is coming down the chain, what is going to happen if all the Sanders are leaving? We're left with a chief whip of Jack Chambers trying to exclude the opposition from uh, Iraq's committees. Um, what the fuck is going on? That's what's going on for this week. Now, this week, finally, we're looking a bit on the bright side. The entertainment industry has started waking up again um, as people are venturing out, obviously very carefully, um, to socialise and be entertained. Uh, one of Dublin's premier drag queens was the first to test the waters with a show and some glam bites on Thursday night uh, with Dine with Davina. We are talking to Davina Divine, who is divine by name, divine by nature, apparently. Hello, darling. <laughs> what we can expect from going out. You've been doing your research on my I've website. Been, I've been flat out on your Twitter. <laughs> and I love that I'm in the entertainment industry. You are. Like, your job is entertainment. So Allegedly. Like, how did you cope when lockdown was announced? Uh, I, at first, I was kind of like, oh, God, what are we going to do? It was just panic stations. And then I kind of thought, do you know what? It'd be nice to just slow down and have a couple of weeks myself. And after a couple of weeks myself, I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? So we just we did a lot of stuff online and we were very inventful. And, you know, we still had bills to pay. Was it traumatic when the lockdown happened and your whole industry was literally cut from under you? 
Yeah, but do you know what? Like over the years, I've had loads of those kind of like personal lockdown moments. Like when um, the George went into Nama, like in 2009, we thought our whole world was going to come crashing down. When you get fired from a gig on the spot, on a night, you know, randomly, you think you're not going to be able to pay the bills next week. So I've had lots of those weird moments. I just didn't realise it was going to go on for so long. Mm. And you mentioned your show with Victoria Secret. Um, yes. That you did every week keeping spirits mm-hmm. up within the community how did you pivot so quickly to such a high tech show and like did you enjoy embracing drag in an online world well now high tech is very kind <laughs> it was it was like it was a, a really high spec show i thought for well the first week we had literally like i was sitting at like a pair of curtains in the background sitting in the living room like beside the curtains the 2006 webcam all pixelated so it was exactly high tech yeah, but like the, the technology, like when you did all your Queens of Captivity shows, oh, yeah. they like, there was drag queens zooming in from all around Ireland. Like that was... The world. We had queens from like Vietnam and everything. Yeah, so that was high tech. Yeah, no, it did. And it was one of those things. I feel like we were on a kind of like a form one like TV production course from home because we were just learning new weird skills every day and uh, the goalposts kept moving and then things kept getting further away. And so we just had to be inventive. And did you enjoy drag in an online world? Uh, I did not, I have to say. <laughs> I did not. I just, it's like, you know, the techie side of things is not my forte. I can cope with it, but it's super stressful. So it's not my favourite thing. Like this podcast now, when you were, I was like, when you asked me to do this, I had this instant fear of, <laughs> of, of pulling out microphones and cables and, and it, we did, we did have our we testing had that, moments. We had our difficulties, we, we did. there in the end, like we all did during the pandemic. It's true. Uh, but you then got to do an in real life show on Thursday. In yes. Ireland, in partnership with the George. Yes. Uh, how did that feel? Uh, it was actually amazing to be back and just like it, the bars were supposed to open um, on Monday. What date was that? I can't remember. Well, the last Monday. The 10th. The 10th the is the next one. Uh, the 17th, July. Yeah, they were supposed to open. That was like the last phase. And when when and we were all kind of gung-ho and ready to go, we had all the shows planned. And then it was just kind of swiped from under us again. So I was really deflated like when it was announced uh, that Wednesday. And then we just kind of had this brainwave. The George came back to me and they said that Opium, they, they own Opium um, as well. So it would be a perfect space to do something. So we kind of threw it together really quickly and it was just, it all just came together and we were busy planning and plotting and then when it actually came down to doing the show, that's when it felt a bit like, oh my God, I'm actually going to have to go and do the show now. Like I hadn't been out of my house even in drag in months. Yeah, so it was really odd. Um, how did the show work? Like, like from, like I was there, so you arrived in and there was, uh, you were given a mask, your temperature was taken. All the seats were all very socially distant. What else? Uh, yeah, like, so all the restrictions and regulations were, like, kept in place and they were all, like, really well respected. We had some PPE as well <laughs> on stage at times. Uh, so, like, everything was, was in the government regulations. But I think for venues and bars, the government haven't been very forthcoming with... Um, actual proper guidelines like and they're kind of everything's just a bit loose so everyone's trying to be super safe and over zealous with all those kind of things so no singing no singing although that's what's kind of gas about it because it's technically not live 
<laughs> you know? Drag is going to take over the live industry. No. <laughs> no. Well, you never know. <laughs> but you know what's so funny? It's like when you're told not to sing, it's like you really want to sing. <laughs> and you think, like, obviously, I... From a going out perspective for Granny Horn here, I loved it because you literally arrive, you're taken to your table, the show starts, drinks are brought to your table, um, and then a snack of glam bites arrives mid-show. Can I ask actually, what were the glam bites? Now, we we had a little a lady lunch and you were asking me what the glam bites were and my response was, I don't fucking know. They were like glam Asian deep fried bits. They were, were they delicious? I, did, I had my substantial meal before I arrived. Um, oh, as, I, as I did, pre-worn. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> they were, yeah, they were, they did hit the spot. No need for um, an after Lovely. Yeah, they were good. Well, you see, we didn't want to do something that was like a big meal because I think nobody wants like click clacking a knife and forks and somebody cut a steak (laughs) when you're dancing around to like Tina Turner. Do you know what I mean? No, it was absolutely perfect. And I think like I enjoyed it, but obviously you take away the sociability. Like, and I suppose, yeah, especially in the gay scene, there's such a like a sociability and well, not Mm -hmm. especially like uh, not at all, but like they're like. The way there was flirting going on, like someone at our table got a note dropped to them with a phone really? number on it. Yeah. So that oh. was the flirting that was going on. So obviously you're He got my note. <laughs> <laughs> obviously you're losing that part of the night. So you are you, there is like it is different, but like do you yeah. think this is going to be the future of going out for the next while? No, I think like for a little for a little while, but I don't think it'll be forever. And I think it's actually creating a new kind of genre of going out because there are people that kind of like want to kind of have a night out and be home maybe early, don't want to be out all night, can kind of still function the next day. No, not for me, not for me now. <laughs> but, but I'm sure that like this is something just as a business model that I think we can roll out after all this because there is an appetite, pardon the pun, with the dining uh, for this. Yeah. Um, I think so. I do as well. Um, so often, though, the going out economy, I'm going to call mm-hmm. it, is portrayed as nothing more than really, I suppose, an inconvenience to loads of people in power. And, like, yeah. obviously, there's a bit of a change of thought with, like, work being done by Gibson Knight and people like Councillor Claire Byrne and our new Lord Mayor Hazel Chu champion mm-hmm. the role of Nightmare. How yeah. important to you is the nighttime economy, both as someone who works in the industry mm-hmm. and also enjoys maybe a sherry or two at an afterpart. <laughs> That's also very kind. You're painting out so lovely today. Uh, it's it's so important. It's it's life for so many people. And when, when people were so flippant about kind of the clubs and bars not reopening, like that's people's livelihoods. It's uh, employees that have been out of work for months. And it's also some employees, it's their social world as well. So they're kind of itching to get back. And I work for venues like, I do a drag brunch in Bow Lane. And they've been closed. They're a solo business. Like the George is part of a big conglomerate group. But you know, for people that are, own individual businesses, I've seen businesses go under. It's, it's vital. It's, it's life or death for people, I suppose. And uh, something else that's uh, life or death is, I suppose I really respect your unwillingness to not just your unwillingness to apologize but like also your celebration of enjoying yourself yeah. and really creating the life you want to live and mm-hmm. like we've often talked about whether you'd go after things like drag race etc yeah. you've always posited that 
you work hard to have all you need without having to go chasing it, which mm-hmm. I find a really great take. Why do you think, as a society, though, we're so against just pleasure as a means to an end? Oh, I don't know. Like, I, think I you're just this on Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I was like Andrea. I said I come on for a chat. <laughs> Didn't know I was going on Clareborn Live. <laughs> um, like I'm just happy, kind of like uh, once you have all you need. I think sometimes people think too far in advance and don't kind of count their blessings for what they have. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. Like, I think everyone's always striving to be better, have the best, do all this. And that's great. But ultimately, you know, I kind of know what's important. Does that make sense? Yeah. And having a good time, is it? Yeah. Having a good time is, is key to me. And and that involves working at night time and, and entertaining people late night. And that sounds actually dodged, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You do what you do. Uh, I often try to normalise that. Um, as well as club culture just by mm-hmm. admitting I love it because yeah. I think if we keep it in the shadows it's never going to be considered culture um, and yeah. what aspects of the scene of the nighttime economy of going out do you think are worth highlighting and celebrating um all of it because I think if you're going to go out and do it and actually just if that scratches your riches that gives you a, a buzz go and do it like I think nothing should be off limits like to a degree obviously <laughs> Uh, but I just think you got to do what you got to do and you got to you do you babes uh, finally my favourite conversation and I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it no matter how many oh times God. I've scratched the itch <laughs> what's coming <laughs> but why do you think drag is such an enthralling thrilling titillating even experience to do and also to watch well I personally can speak I love to do it because it lets me kind of step outside myself for a second and there's something just about when I'm in drag that I just like it brings out a side of me that I can just let loose and I know it's always there but it's just it's an expressive form for me and I've thought about it a lot over lockdown because it's been very odd when you come on stage and the music kicks in and it's like you know it takes over uh but yeah like that's that's just it, it's in me it's like in, inherently in me so I, I have no choice it's just, it just has to come out yeah. but I think for watching I don't know like it's so funny I kind of mm, I find it a bit hard watching drag sometimes <laughs> because Why? I want to be I think I, I think if I'm watching it as a viewer I want to do it like I don't want to be sitting watching mm. so I get this like if I'm ever at a show or whatever and I'm having a few drinks or whatever I can feel myself going I want to get up I want to get up. Uh, so it kind of frustrates me. You know that feeling, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's a good feeling or a bad feeling. Because then you're kind of going, it's their, it's their moment. <laughs> let, let them have their moment. And obviously I don't get up. Yeah. But uh, I think people just like that escapism. And you know it's not real. Nothing's really particularly real about it. But there's something very real about it in the moment. And sometimes it can be very honest. Like, as in just the expression and people can relate to it and it's funny and it does it's not one thing yeah so i think people like and that's why there's so many different kinds of drag queens you know there's like alternative drag there's glamour drag kind of funny drag so there's something for everyone yeah there's a drag queen for every occasion (laughs) for every moment you possibly (laughs) well i thank the lord for that and i am glad to see 
that we are getting back to some, I don't want to say some sort of normality. Oh no, the new normal, the, the worst phrase normal. of yeah. lockdown. Well, we're getting to dip our toes into having a pleasurable evening on the tile um, in town, which is a joy for me anyway. Yeah, and it was and it was great. You know, it was really nice to look out into the audience when I saw you guys there and I could see familiar faces. And it was so great to just see people having a good time and just feel a bit light because I was so present on social media over this and, and people were struggling and kind of, you know, I'm sure in all different levels, but it was just nice to feel connected with people again. Yeah, and I think that's why uh, for me, like the nighttime economy going out, whatever we want to call it is so important because it's not just this like going out to get wrecked that is sometimes seen as, it's actually this community of connection. Yeah. It's a mental health leveler. It lets you blow off steam. It lets mm -hmm. you meet new people. It lets you form new opinions. It lets you widen your opinions. It lets you like experiment. And also, do, do you think, you know, sometimes like if you're going out, like there's people that I would see just solely kind of out and about on sessions or out like at different parties, but you connect with them and you'd have kind of chats that you probably normally wouldn't have. And like, that's still, that's not just like drunken father, you know, that kind of way it leads on to something further then yeah you may have been afraid to maybe go into that conversation but it helps you then to deal with whatever you're talking yeah. about and sometimes happens. you know when you meet strangers even at parties I, that's my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite when you get to kind of grill someone like i've had people have like revelations when you be having conversations and i'm very blunt so i would just say things that maybe they people around them wouldn't say so it's been like the session's more than just you know a few sherry's it's it's very deep. It's life. It's life. Life affirming. Life affirming. <laughs> Do I sound like Madge Bishop, by the way? I'm very concerned. <laughs> you don't. I don't smoke 60 Benson Hedges a day, trust me. I actually don't smoke at all. <laughs> she just got me up out of the crypt early. <laughs> on a Saturday morning. Well, I'm very grateful for you, for as a drag queen, joining me on a weekend morning. I know it doesn't happen very often. And uh, I hope you have a great weekend. And thank you for coming back to In Real Life. Thank you for having me and thank you for coming for some glam bites. Do tell your friends. I was delighted. <laughs> Thanks a million. Thank you. Now, getting in the sea this week. Um, the psychiatric team at the National Gender Service have begun to require that adult patients' parents be present at their assessments. Um, Noah Halpin, who is the founder of This Is Me, um, which is a grassroots campaign demanding adequate, safe and best practice access to healthcare for all transgender and non-binary people in Ireland, tweeted this week, this is against the law. Breaches patient confidentiality. It breaches patient consent and is also an absolutely ridiculous, unnecessary and unethical forced requirement. He continued that you do not have to be trans to fight for trans rights. Make a complaint through the HSC, your service, your safe facility. Make a complaint to, 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 to the National Gender Service. Make a complaint to Lachlan's 10 Hospital. Make a complaint to the HSC. Be the voice for those feel as if they don't have one right now. So this week, adults, adults losing medical autonomy can get in the sea.
some fave bits this week. Um, my fave bits this week are about returning to a world outside. I was back in the cinema this week and it was a glorious visit. It was all very safe. There was all the social distancing in place, screens everywhere, sanitizer everywhere, the, the usual, as, as we say now. Um, and I went to see Bad Boys for Life, um, which was a hell. It was exactly what I wanted to see in the cinema. I often put a, put a point this cross, put a point this cross, put across this point um, that we endure so much um, heavy stuff in the news. We decided that the news was simply going to be about bad news. There would be no good news in there. And we spend so much time trying to keep up with the news. And I know I do it. And some, there was uh, one of my friends sent me a tweet of how we feel like it's our moral obligation to be on top of every news story that is hitting. Um, and that has a mental impact. So when I approach my entertainment, I want some friv- frivolity. I want to escape. So Bad Boys for Life is the perfect um, example of that. It is created by the person who created CSI. Um, and I am obsessed with CSI. All of the CSIs, obviously, not obviously, but specifically um, CSI Miami. Um, and I was delighted to watch Bad Boys for Life in the cinema. I also was delighted to be able to enjoy Cherry Garcia by Ben and Jerry's. Um, it is a sin that you can't get Cherry Garcia in Ireland um, unless you go to the cinema. It is this a campaign against cherry flavoured items in Ireland, it feels like, or Irish people just don't seem to like it and prefer strawberry. But I'm not going to believe that. Um, it is a beautiful cherry flavour ice cream. And yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience. Um, got a little bit of Dunica Chenzi in beforehand. Felt like we were um, in Puglia on the way to the cinema. Can't uh, recommend it enough. And the Lighthouse Cinema is opening on Monday. So I would recommend having a trip to the cinema and supporting the industries that as much as we can um, so that they're there when we are ready to all go back or go forward or whatever we're doing. But yeah, try and support um, our cultural industries. Um, and on that, another fave bit this week, songs from an empty room. Uh, on Saturday, the 25th of July, whenever you're, if you're listening to this in the future, many of Ireland's finest artists and music, musicians are performing uh, to raise money to support the crews who put together live performances all over the country. And um, so uh, there was a hashtag of we are the support act. So the people behind the scenes from the lighting technicians, the sound engineers, the stage crews, the people who uh, put the shows on that we we don't give credit to, but who the shows wouldn't happen without. Um, you can text SONGS, S-O-N-G-S, to 50300 to donate €4 Euro towards keeping the behind the scenes of the live music industry alive, um, which is an industry obviously on its knees. And like even last week, it faced further setbacks with the cancellation of the driving gigs. Now, I can't understand that decision. Um, it's not my decision to understand, um, but... I don't understand how you can go to a car park, how you can 
the rules are just because they just seem to be a bit fractured um, and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of connected thinking anymore. Um, but why you can't go to a driving gig is beyond me. Um, and Gavin James did uh, a video on that. But yeah, anyway, all money raised from songs from an empty room uh, will be split between Mind and Creative Minds and the Association for Irish Stage Technicians. So if you can, do text songs to 50300 to donate to the people behind the scenes. So you know the deal by now, guys. Wear a mask. Don't go on holidays abroad. People who are confused by the green list, it's not that confusing. Just don't go on holidays. Grant. Uh, keep your distance. Back off from my back. People literally, like you're walking down the road on your back. I say that every week, but just get off my back. And be sound to each other. Um, it's not hard. I know we've gone through the be kind um, and we're in a very uh, interesting time where a lot of stuff is being called out and rightly so, um, but I and things need to be, there's anger and all that jazz, but let's see if we can do it in a way that we can uh, be sound to each other and move forward and be the light in the world we want to see. A light in the world that I want to see is this song. Uh, this is this week's Tuna Chicken Roll. Uh, Work That Body by Fred Ferrer. It is, it's an oldish, not oldish, like a few years old. The Tuna Chicken Roll, it's a banger. Um, it's from Disco Revenge. And yeah, if you need to get your party started, this is it. I've been Andrea. That was Get the Party Restarted. And we are United Ireland.